Hey, yo, and here we go. Another episode of We Talk Music on the Air and In Your Ear. And once again, I am Moxon, and I have with me, he's the king of the casters. He's Mr. Brett Podcast. Brett, it's your privilege to, uh, you know, tell everybody who's joining us today. That's right. Well, it's a, it's a lot of fun today. Um, we have, he is a guitarist for, and the founding member of Satan's Rats. He played with the photos. And now, right now, we are talking about Satan's Cats. The new album that uh, that Satan's Rats with Chris Johnson has put out. He is Steve Eagles. Steve, how are you? Very well, thank you. Well, we're happy to have you on the show uh, to talk about Satan's Cats, which I think is uh, is awesome, uh, both musically and awesome, just in the fact that the name is so perfect in this case. <laughs> yeah, well, it's a collaboration between. Um, you know, the old Satan's Rats from 1977. And uh, Puss Johnson, you know, this powerhouse singer who's got her own band called uh, Pussycat and the Dirty Johnsons. And uh, they play a lot around the UK, uh, around all the punk clubs and things. And um, she and the old... Satan's Rats drummer, Ollie Harrison, they've been an item for a while now. And uh, Ollie sent me an email back in, um, well, the beginning of lockdown in the UK, suggesting a, a collaboration. You know, why doesn't, wouldn't it be a good idea if Puss sang on some old uh, Satan's Rats tunes? And I kind of thought, well, yeah, you know, mm, I'm not really interested because I haven't listened to these old rats tunes for some years now. And then a year later, uh, one of my guitar students asked if they could play some Satan's rat songs. So I got the CD out, and uh, and to my surprise, I I thought the the tracks were great. I hadn't heard them in years. So then I sent an email back to Ollie and said, I think this is a good idea. Although it's a year after he suggested it, I said, let's go for it. And uh, so that's what we did by and by. So then when you chose the songs, I mean, like, of course, there, there's not there's not a lot to choose from, but I know that you you kind of went through a bunch of them and then picked the ones that you thought sounded the best. Yeah, well, the, the ones that sounded the most immediate. Uh, we didn't have a lot of time. We just had this one afternoon in a, in a little rehearsal room. And uh, and also another thing was that we had to change all the keys um, from the originals to the, the key which suited Puss's vocal range. And um, so, you know, that was a factor because you can't do that in two minutes. It takes about 15 or 20 minutes to do something like that. And uh, that was eating into our time. So we just picked the ones which sounded the best uh, in, in a kind of a, in an immediate fashion. So, uh, you know, we, we had four tracks down by the end of it. These are our top four. And we did this Thin Lizzy cover, which I never thought would ever work, but it did. <laughs> And, uh, and and those were the five that we we decided to record. You know, like a week later. Wow. 
Did you feel like Year of the Rats was one that kind of had to go on the album? Yeah, I, I've always liked that one. And, um, and the way we played it, it had some kind of MC5 feel to it, which appealed to me. And uh, yeah, it had a good groove. In fact, all of them did. Mm-hmm. Well, I think what gets me, of course, with the with these new ones is just the production is is cleaner. I mean, it's more up to date, but but it, it, you're right about the sense of urgency and just the sense of like now. I mean, they just sound really good. Yeah, well, recording techniques, you know, back in the day, <laughs> you know, the drummer had to do a good take. And sometimes you hear recordings from those days when, you know, the, the, the drummer can speed up a little bit and slow down a little bit, you know. But that was all part of it. I mean, if the drummer couldn't do a, a decent take, then you're in trouble because you couldn't, um, as you can now with digital recording, you know, go back and, and take a few bars here and then loop them and, and things like that much more organic in those days. But I do have to say, you know, when we did these tracks um, back at the beginning of the year, uh, we didn't need to mess with them too much. You know, Ollie, Ollie the drummer was on it. Of all the songs you got on there, I think uh, Sex Object is the one which had the most changes. Probably my favorite song too. What are the, what are the changes you made to it? Well, some lyrical changes. Um, Puss couldn't sing the, the original words <laughs> get away with it these days. So um, she adapted some of the some of the lyrics, you know, to suit a, a female singer and, uh, and and modern times, you know. Um, musically, all we did was shift it into a different key. Uh, and that was it. We kept the same arrangement. I did. I played a different solo, but you know, uh, everything else was as it was. Is it is it kind of strange? I mean, back in the day, you would, you know, you say whatever you wanted to say, and to be in this environment now, where you have to be more careful. Well, I mean, the original lyrics, you could say they're completely misogynistic I don't think they maybe in, were intended that way but <laughs> <laughs> you could analyze them now and say well you can't get away with that these days so um whatever changes post wanted to make that was fine with me you know she's singing it she can really sing what she wants yeah, I mean, it's interesting, especially in the case of Sex Object, to hear to hear the original Rats version, then the Photos version, and then, of course, now this new version. I mean, it's it's kind of, you know, it's interesting how how a few of the songs you've played through through the years like that. Yeah, um, I suppose it, <laughs> what it comes down to is we didn't have a lot of songs. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, when we made this transition from Satan's Rats to the photos. Um, we never had a lot of time to do it. Everything happened really quickly in those days. Like Satan's Rats was formed 
just as soon as we started to read about punk music in, in the UK music press, we read about it, formed a group, and uh, I got my mate Paul to sing. And then I found a, a drummer and a bass player, and, we're, and we were rehearsing, you know, like two weeks later. And then maybe two weeks after that, we were, we were playing gigs. And our transition from Satan's Rats to the photos meant that, you know, Paul left. We needed to get another singer. And as soon as we did, well, we just play old Satan's Rats songs to start with before we started writing the new stuff uh, to suit the new singer. So some of those songs did hang around for a while. Now, when it came to, you know, 1977 like that, like how how good a guitarist would you have considered yourself back then? Like, do you, did you think you were ready for to be in a band? Well, I'd, I'd been playing since I was about 11 years old. And then I was in a youth club band doing, you know, Slade covers, The Faces, T-Rex, that kind of stuff, uh, which was fun. Uh, and then uh, I joined a show band because I just wanted to push myself a little bit more and maybe read some music and do that kind of thing. Um, and I was playing in this 24-piece big band in one of the local towns, you know, in uh, a, like a town hall, a big dance hall, where we would do uh, we'd do ballroom dance sections, <laughs> rock and roll sections, pop sections, you know. So I had a good grounding. You know, I knew how to play. Um and then when punk came along, you know, I, I immediately um, just threw myself right into it. Uh, and I thought that was all right. Then I could play these like fast solos and things. Uh, but the important thing was to play all the songs as fast as you could. It seems ridiculous now, but, you know, that's how it was then. And uh, it made everything more energetic and more fun. And uh, and it was fun, yeah. So then, you know, because I guess when, when a lot of us think about punk music, you know, we think about people who, like, practically picked up the instrument, to, you know, two months before forming a band, and, and that's kind of how you get there. But, I mean, in your case, not at all like that. So that's really interesting. Yeah, um, I, I didn't learn on the job like some bands did. And, and a lot of musicians did. Uh, so although we weren't, you know, together as a, as a unit for very long, you know, um, we could still play a bit. Um, so <laughs> if you can play a bit, all you've got to do is add the attitude and, uh, and, and things can come out pretty good. So you, you said you were reading about the punk rock scene kind of so you kind of read about it before you heard it or took part in it well that's it you know i mean i was i was in um a further education college in 
my hometown of Evesham. And, uh, and I was with my mate Paul, and we'd go into the library every Thursday to pick up the music press. And we, we started reading about this band called the Sex Pistols and, and this band called the Damned. And, uh, and that was it. I wanted to form a band without even hearing this stuff. Um, of course, you know, we went into our local record shop and bought the first thing that came through, uh, which may well have been New Rose by the Damned. Mm. And, um, and it's, then the Jam brought out an album and then, you know, eventually the Pistols would release Anarchy in the UK. And then everything started to happen. But uh, I didn't even need to hear the music to know I wanted to be part of it. It, it just looked really exciting. When Anarchy in the UK released, I mean, it changed everything, didn't it? I mean, we weren't there. What kind of, how do you describe the landscape of, of the music industry? You know, the clubs and everything, when that came out, kind of took hold. Well, what, I think what was really mad was the clubs in every single town in the UK. Maybe they never, ever had any live music. Maybe they would like disco clubs or something. But every one of them started to put, put on and promote punk bands. Um, there, were, there was no shortage of places to play. And that was the exciting thing. Um, you know, you didn't have to scrap around for gigs. They were that they were out there, and uh, there was so many. As a punter, there were so many gigs to go to. You could do two or three every week, you know, and and see different bands, uh, and and quite locally as well. You didn't have to go to London or Birmingham all the time. You could go to uh, some some very small towns and and see some. You know, um, punk bands that were being featured in the music press every week. It was extraordinary, really. Yeah. So which of the clubs then that you played were your favorite ones to play? Well, there was one in, in Birmingham called Barbarella's. Um, I remember a bunch of us went up to see The Stranglers, which was an amazing gig. And uh, we were sat around after the show and the DJ was playing some, you know, records and things. And he announced over the PA that, like, if it wasn't the next week, maybe it was the week after, there would be a Birmingham's first punk festival. And uh, if anybody here <laughs> had a band... <laughs> Go up and tell him, and he would put us on. You know, so, <laughs> so I, I ran up to the DJ booth and, and said, "You know, um, I've got a band, and we're called Satan's Rats, and uh, we want to play." And we did. And <laughs> so that was the first time we played in Birmingham, and uh, it wasn't the last because we played there many times. Uh, it was a fantastic club. This album came together because of COVID. All right. Is it, are you playing any live gigs? 
No, well, I mean, it's not really an album. It's an EP. Yeah, true. Yeah. So, so uh, the idea, Luke's idea within the band is, let's release this. Um, it's a bit of fun at the moment. If it was to do anything or, you know, get a, get a lot of interest or even some interest, then we might get get together again and um, and maybe record another five tracks, put them all together, release them as an album, maybe on vinyl or something, which a lot of people like. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I thought, you know, a month or two ago, I thought, well, okay, if we did any more tracks, which ones would we do? And then I thought, <clears throat> Well, then I discovered that uh, our publishing deal, which we did, we had with DJM all those years ago, was subsequently swallowed up by uh, Universal Music. And uh, only a few weeks ago, I found out that our deal, our original deal, is like probably one of the worst record deals ever signed by a band. And... Um, and so I thought, well, if we do any more stuff with Satan's Cats, it would be uh, it would be mad to go back and re-record old tracks. We would see nothing, you know, in terms of publishing. So uh, yeah, write some new stuff, which would be more fun than anyone. So, um, what do you think about that? I mean, I think I, that'd be awesome. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm wondering, like, so, I mean, I mean, I guess you don't know the dynamic of the songwriting. I mean, well, there's only one new member, so, you know, but, uh, I mean, what do you think? Does everybody bring something to the table and then kind of sort through it all? Sure. And, um, yeah. I think what would happen is you'd probably say to, to Puss, you know, hey, you write the lyrics and, um, and we'll, we'll write some stuff, music to go with it. Um, and any one of us could come up with some kind of riff. Uh, we've been doing this for years, you know, and it doesn't take long to knock up a, a good song and arrange it. Uh, it just takes a bit of enthusiasm, that's all. When when you kind of got together to play these songs, like what's it like to kind of come back with with Ollie and Dave and stuff like that? And and does it do you kind of have like just a such a good feeling together that it just falls together easily? Well, well, it did fall together really easy. Um, you know, all Ollie had to do was get in a rehearsal room and play for a few hours and. He would be back up to speed. Uh, I'm, I've never stopped playing, so you know I'm okay. And and Dave, Dave plays regularly. He's but he's got a band locally. Uh, so you know, we know our chops. That's it. And you you teach guitar as well, don't you? I do. Yeah. I teach guitar and, and I play in um in a three-piece jazz punk avant-garde-ish type group called Blurt. I don't know whether you've ever heard of Blurt. Um if if you're in the rock field, 
then maybe not, you know. But um, anyway, that's the band I was with when we went across Canada. Right. Um, yeah, we've been going a long time, since 84. I've been playing with Blurt. Uh, <clears throat> which was what I did after the photos finally split up. And I, I didn't really want anything to do with uh, corporate, you know, uh, record record labels. And I, I get that. that. You know, and so I, I, I joined this weird three-piece group <laughs> and we've been, <laughs> we've been at it you know, ever since. You didn't have any representation then to protect your side, I guess. Um, for, for which band and or, well, for for the photos, uh, you know. Uh, well, of course. I mean, the photos we 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 signed a big deal with CBS, and of course we did have representation. Okay, good. Proper management in place. We had lawyers and everything, and we still probably ended up signing the wrong deal. But I think that just happens. Mm -hmm. uh, we're saying as rats, we, we were really just, we were literally kids. You know, we didn't know what we were doing. So if the record company had come along and they offered you 6,000 pounds advance, you think, wow, take it. And we've got a chance to record something. <laughs> I think that's what a lot of groups did. Do you do you ever wish that like Satan's Rats lasted for longer, or do you think that it kind of like the time came and the time went? The time came and the time went. Yeah, I mean we were together for a couple of years, uh, and and then it seemed natural for us to just change. When Paul left, when Paul the singer left, we decided we. We were looking for a female singer so we could just, you know, do something a little bit different. And uh, we recruited Wendy Wu. Um, she was a, a, a girl we'd seen around Barbarella's from time to time. She looked really interesting, you know. So we tracked her down and asked her if she could sing. And she said, Well, I think I could. <laughs> so, we 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 got her over and we had, I suppose you could call it an audition, but we just ran through some old Satan's Rats numbers. She sang on them, and uh, we thought, "Wow, this is great. Let's go with it." I mean, I really like the photo stuff myself as well. And uh, like, is the is there? a chance that Satan's cats would do photo stuff at all, or is it just from now on new stuff? Well, uh, you know, that's crossed my mind as well. And I thought, well, maybe we could do a, a photos tune. Um, but then I thought, what's the point? Why don't we just do some new stuff? I mean, that would, that would be my take on it. I, I haven't spoken to the other, to the other members about this and they might think different, but, that's what I'd go for. I'd say, let's write some new new songs. How often do you do you see the other members, like in person? 
Well, the last time I saw him was when we did the photographs. Um, oh, was about five weeks ago or something. Um, Ollie and Puss came down on the train to Evesham. And this is the town where me and Dave live. So the four of us got together. And uh, I got a friend who's who's uh, doing a photography course at the moment. So he came out with his camera and we went around some, well, some, you know, we looked for somewhere pretty seedy <laughs> and we found a few places. Um, it wasn't hard to find. And, um, and so we took yeah, six, I don't know, we took a lot of shots. Um, you must have. You've got Randy's press kit, is that right? Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Well, he he's included a few shots, and then maybe a few weeks down the line, we'll add some more. But that was the last time I saw the guys. Yeah. Is but there we, any talk of? Oh, is there any talk of any kind of a lyric video or anything, or is it because it's kind of a? small project are you uh just gauging the interest and in, and probably something like that's not going to happen we're just going to gauge the interest um so i can't promise anything you know and at some point we'll have to have a meeting or a discussion and say do we want to take it any further you know? but the mere fact that that you guys are interested and other people are interested uh, I've already done four interviews this week. So, you know, and the press reaction has been good. It's better than expected, as far as I'm concerned. Well, and that's the thing, right? Like, I mean, I mean, you sound so good together that that's why I certainly want to hear some more because, I mean, and, you know, Puss's vocals, I mean, are, are really good. So, I mean, she sings these songs really well. So, and, and so I can just imagine like what she'd bring to new music. Yeah, I mean, she she's a, pro, a real pro. I mean, when Ollie said, um, could we do try a cover of Thin Lizzy's The Rockin'? You know, I thought this is not going to work. It's not going to work, and yet it did. In the rehearsal room, we didn't played it through a couple of times, and it was like she owned the track. I mean, I'm, I'm so impressed with uh, you know her singing ability and the performance she puts into it. Yeah, she's uh, she's first rate. How much of playing punk is like is the the vibe, and how much is the attitude? Well, um, attitude is everything, and uh, you can't do it unless you put a hundred percent into it. Um, I'm um, for years, people have always come up to me and said, hey, when are you going to get so-and-so back together, whether it's Satan's Rats or the photos? And I've just never even thought about it. I just thought, no, that's not going to happen. Um, one, I'm too old. <laughs> and 
two, you know, what's the point? <laughs> but it just felt really good this time um, with, you know, Puss Johnson and the three of us, and it just clicked. It, it did not feel like a chore. It was fun. So there you go. It's the attitude, application of the attitude and putting some energy into it. And, um, yeah, you can roll back the years. Well, it must make you feel good, though, that, that people were asking about whether you would put Satan's Rats back together and the photos and stuff like that, that, that there is still the interest in you guys, you know, after all these years. Yeah, well, I, I'm, I'm, I mean, since we've been doing this, I've done a little bit of research into the punk scene in, in the UK. I mean, I'm, I'm not sure what it's like in the US, but UK punk scene is, a, is, is absolutely massive. I, know, I never realized. Um, maybe it's the same in, in North America. Maybe you can tell me. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't think it is because, again, like, uh, like I was somewhat surprised to find out that that there is a still like a, a massive punk scene in in the UK, and that was certainly one of the things that interests me. Is like, how do you feel the differences are between like back when you started and now? Well, back when we started, um, there were. In every single small town in the UK, there were always a gang of punks. And uh, there was a punk scene, you know, and also these little towns would put their own gigs on. I mean, it's nothing like that now. It's all condensed into, there's this thing called the Rebellion Festival, which happens in the north of England in, in Blackpool. And, uh, you know, thousands of people go there from all over the UK, you know, but uh, back in those small towns, there's no such thing. You know. There is no local punk scene. It's all condensed into one thing. Um, it could be, I don't know, I don't even know how many um, uh punk festivals there are in the UK, but I, I know of that one. Well, I do think that's one of the big differences between the music scene in, in Europe and the UK is, is that festivals seem to be a big deal, whereas they're pretty rare in North America. There's not okay. a lot of festivals. Okay. Um, uh, I don't know, really. I mean, I'm speaking to some you know american radio stations that wanted to interview me this week and last week it seems i mean they're radio stations there seems to be a lot of interest you know from people that listen to these stations but uh i've not heard anybody say you know that um, there were a lot of gigs um devoted to the punk scene in North America. So I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess it's, it's interesting. Like I just got back from seeing the Misfits and Fear play in Dallas. And, and I mean, that was, there was a lot of punks there. That's for sure. 
Okay, well, how many, how many were in the venue? Well, I think like I don't know exactly how many it holds, but I mean it was it was thousands of people. So thousands, really. Okay, well that sounds pretty healthy. So I mean, and there's definitely you know it was definitely a like quite the you know quite the quite the venue and quite the show because of all of it. So I mean, it, it's interesting because of course you know we weren't able to see the early days of punk. So I'm not sure what the early days of punk looks like in comparison to to like latter day punk. That's for sure. Okay, well the early days it was small small time stuff, you know. Um, probably a, a couple of venues in London, like the Lyceum, I seem to remember. Held a few thousand. Otherwise, it was they were just clubs. Yeah, it was nothing big. It was just... The, the big thing about it was that it was nationwide. Every town had a couple of punk bands that had started up. And every town had at least one venue. And uh, if there wasn't even the venue there, you would invent a venue. You'd turn a, you know, pub gigs even. And get 30, 50 people in there. And you would have a gig. It, 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 was, it was a phenomenal thing for two years at least. Yeah, I mean that's that's really interesting, and then especially like you know, and and all the bands that we know of that came out of that. I mean, you talked about the Damned, I mean the Stranglers, the Sex Pistols for sure. I mean, you think about those, and, and I mean, people still talk about those bands. Well, they do. Um, the Stranglers are, are still touring now. I think uh, I don't think they ever stopped. Uh, the Pistols, obviously, they. They didn't last for so long, but uh, their legacy is, um, certainly lives on. Uh, have you seen that show? Uh, you know, the one based on Steve Jones's autobiography? No, I haven't yet, actually. I have Steve Jones's autobiography. I'm a big fan of him, but uh, but yeah, it's it's interesting, and I can't wait to watch it. So I love your, uh, like the ad, um, never mind the pistols, it's uh, Satan's rats. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, that was cheeky. Um, <laughs> we we were pretty embarrassed by that. Um, the, the record company didn't tell us they were going to place those ads. <laughs> yeah, then we were embarrassed. <laughs> oh no! Did did that make it uh, harder to play with the Sex Pistols, or did they not even care? And then they didn't even know. <laughs> they, they they didn't know. They didn't care. Um, I, I, wrote a, I wrote a short story around that particular gig. Did did Randy send it to you? Uh, I don't know. I don't seem to have it. I don't recall it. Okay. Well, you might be interested to read it. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I'll send it to you. Um, do you have my email address? Uh, I don't actually know. Okay. Um, well, I need yours in order to send it. Yeah, for sure. 
I can uh, I can easily give that to you once. So I'll tell you what. Let, let's um, why don't we uh, wrap the interview up and then I will give you my email address. Okay, we'll do that. So uh, right now, Steve, let's give you the chance to uh, tell everybody how they can keep up with you and Satan's cats. Okay. Well, if you go onto Bandcamp, do you have Bandcamp? I yeah. know it. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, if you go on there and you and you click onto the Satan's Cats page, you can download our stuff, or you can get a uh, a hard copy of the CD sent to you. Um, the more, the merrier, and uh, <laughs> it's a quality product. That's all I can say. <laughs> well, see the uh, limited edition signed EP is sold out. So, I mean, that's a good sign. Yeah, well, uh, I don't know how many copies we... Yeah, but that's that's right. When we were all last together, um, we'd done these photographs. Um, we signed a load of these EPs. So they are the limited edition ones. Yeah, they've all gone. But uh, maybe we could do some more. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> well, you know, if they keep selling, then, uh, then keep making them, right? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, Steve, thank you so much for being on the show. We've enjoyed talking to you. Uh, we really like Satan's Cats, and I sure hope that uh, that you guys find time to come together for some more. Okay, thank you, guys. It was a pleasure. Well, thank you so much, thank and you. and we'll talk again. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm.